Welcome to Banshee, everybody. It is that time. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be here. This is the real big kickoff episode of this new glorious little podcast called Welcome to Banshee, all about, quite frankly, the best show on television these days, Banshee on the Cinemax channel. So we are your host. I am Lucas Hood. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just pretending to be Lucas Hood. I don't know. You're going to have to wait and see how that plays out. But no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm Don Mega joined, as always, with my boy Lynx. What up? What's up, Don Mega? How you been, buddy? Oh, you know, man, I've been good. Just, you know, driving down these streets, little Banshee, Pennsylvania, finding the time for us to uh, do a little season one wrap-up of all the goodness of uh, the very first season that got us hooked into this amazing show definitely glad to be here in the town of banshee with you brother oh man good good stuff and for those of you that tuned in and listened to our little intro episode a couple weeks ago i want to just send a quick thank you to everybody that tweeted and retweeted and supported our little kickoff episode uh that was our little intro to this where we basically we came together we talked about why we fell in love with this show, why it's special, and why we think you should watch it. You know, this project was kind of born just really purely out of love for the show Banshee. Um, it is really the best show on television. If you like action and drama and just really great writing, um, this show came out of nowhere a couple years ago on Cinemax, 10 episodes in the first season, 10 episodes, second season, third season, and we have a brand new fourth season getting ready to begin on April 1st. And unfortunately, sadly, even though we're so excited for this fourth season to start, it is the last season of Banshee. They've decided to wrap it all up uh, after season four, which really bums me out because I literally just got into the show within the last year and I kind of binged one, two, and three, and then I'm excited for four. And then they pulled the rug out from underneath me and said, No more. You get no more Banshee. You know, <laughs> no more like for a, you. No more for you. <laughs> I said, You know, it's too good of a show and we don't want people getting addicted. So, you know, they're pulling, they're pulling it back. You know, I appreciate them as showrunners, though, deciding when it was time to pull the plug, you know, instead of stretching the show to season six, seven, eight, and having the quality really go down, they said, you know what, we, we've been progressively just getting better each season, and we got something really special planned for season four, and we know it's time to wrap up the story and give people what they really want, and I appreciate that from that aspect, so as much as I'm saddened that season four is going to be the end of it all, I get it and I appreciate it, and I respect it. Um, but we're basically doing this show in celebration of it. We're getting ready for that big season four. So basically the premise of Welcome to Banshee is we're going to be discussing all things Banshee. And for right up front, I'm telling you, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about these seasons just like you watched them with us. I mean, it's going to be full detail. We're going to talk about things we liked, things we didn't like, you know, just you know, nothing's going to be held back. So if you haven't watched Banshee yet, which you should have, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you probably have, but if you haven't, <laughs> Hope so. then I suggest you go back and you check it out and uh, enjoy the great show and then come back and listen to the show after you're done. Um, but yes, it is going to be spoilers. Um, we're not holding anything back on this. 
Not the, at all. This episode here is season one. It's going to be all about season one. Uh, we're going to kind of run through a brief synopsis of kind of each episode of the ten episodes, uh, what, how we felt about them, where it kind of felt into the big storyline, and kind of just overall discuss the first season in general. Uh, next month in February, we'll be doing a season two wrap-up. In March, we'll be doing season three wrap-up. And starting in April with the brand-new debut of the fourth season, uh, the show will kind of migrate a little bit and we'll, we're going to transform and become uh, kind of an after show uh, season four we are going to become a you know right now it's a monthly podcast but we'll become a weekly podcast in April talking about each week's episode now season four instead of the normal 10 episodes will only be eight episodes so um, you know it's not quite as much but they're going to be two months chock full I'm sure of just crazy goodness and uh, we'll be here every week to talk about uh, each episode of season four what we liked what we didn't like speculation you know where are things going who's going to live who's going to die like you know there's going to be a lot going on in that season four so they never hold back do they they do not. The thing with this show is, you know, somebody could die in the first episode. So you just, you never, never know. Uh, so that's where we're kind of are now, and that's where we're headed. So tonight, once again, it's all about season one. So we're going to kind of break this down. Now, I want to start off by just talking a little bit of a background on this show. Once again, Banshee uh, is a series that was created back in 2013, back in January. Cinemax picked it up, and it's set in the small town of Banshee, Pennsylvania, Amish County. Um, you know, the series' main character is, is an ex-con who assumes the identity of Lucas Hood, the town's murdered sheriff, to hide from a powerful crime lord, Rabbit. Imposing his own brand of justice, Hood attempts to reconcile with his former lover, Rabbit's daughter, Anastasia, who has herself adopted and assumed an identity, married, and raised a family during Hood's incarceration. Hood struggles to maintain his new identity while still embracing crime alongside his partners Job and Sugar, and coming into conflict with the local kingpin, Mr. Kai Proctor. So... We dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 ten episodes, <laughs> three seasons down, and uh, basically, you know, the, the premise of the show is that it's a it's set in a fictional small town of Banshee, Pennsylvania. The series is based around an unnamed protagonist who spent 15 years in prison after stealing 10 million dollars in diamonds from his employer, Rabbit, a Ukrainian mob boss. Upon leaving prison, the protagonist realizes that Rabbit is still after him, and he escapes to a small town called Banshee. This is also the town in which he believes his former lover and accomplice, Anastasia, resides. She is also hiding from Rabbit, who is also her father. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she, <laughs> she has also assumed a new identity of Carrie Hopewell. She's now married. She has two children. In an attempt to start a new life, the protagonist assumes the identity of Lucas Hood, a police officer, and becomes the town sheriff. Banshee sees Hood struggle with adapting to his new identity while dealing with uh, the local crime lord of Kai Proctor, piecing together his relationship with Anastasia and remaining hidden from Rabbit. Season 1 focuses on Hood's attempts to restore his relationship with Carrie under the looming threat of Rabbit eventually finding them both. Hood quickly earns a reputation for himself as he does the job his own way instead of following the rules. His deputies are increasingly suspicious of him, and he's constantly at odds with the local businessman Kai Proctor, and eventually gains the interest of the FBI. Eventually, his well-earned reputation leads Rabbit to Banshee. Hood gives himself up to Rabbit in the hopes that Rabbit will leave Carrie alone. However, he is saved by Carrie and his deputies and two of his criminal accomplices. 
Carrie shoots and seemingly kills Rabbit, but during a later investigation, his body is not found. The season ends with, with the original Hood's son learning that his father's replacement is now being done by an imposter. Kai killing the town mayor and the discovery of the real Lucas Hood's corpse. Ooh, that's a lot for one season. Uh, they jam-pack a lot of this story, and, I mean, for being ten episodes, this is... You know, for me, I watch a lot of network television, and seasons of those shows go 22, 23, 24 episodes. So there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of episodes that you can be like, eh, I can kind of do without that. Like filler, right? Yeah, because you've got to stretch it out for a whole year, basically. (laughs) With these kind of shows, 10 episodes, man. i got to tell you a wham-bam story done in 10 episodes, and that's very hard to do, especially in a show like this that's introducing you to all these characters, getting everything ready, and um, really setting up the world, but it works so great because these episodes, there is no filler in Banshee. <laughs> You're just no. like, give me the next one, give me the next one, give me the <laughs> next one, and uh, it's awesome. So I'm going to throw it to you, Link. Tell everybody about the pilot. Let's talk about episode one. Well, episode one called The Pilot, after serving a 15-year prison sentence, an unnamed criminal uh, flees New York City when he is attacked by a group of gangsters. He heads to the small town of Banshee, Pennsylvania, in search of his ex-lover and former accomplice, Anastasia, who is living under a name Carrie Hopewell with her new husband, Gordon, and their two children, Dave and Max. When the town's newly appointed Sheriff Lucas Hood is killed in a bar robbery, the criminal assumes his identity and takes up the mantle of Sheriff of Banshee. With only the bar owner Sugar Bates knowing the truth, Lucas learns from Banshee's young mayor, Dan Kendall, uh, that the town is under the stranglehold of a business owner and criminal entrepreneur, Kai Proctor. (laughs) A former Amish who abandoned his faith in favor of illegal enterprises. Back in New York, mysterious crime boss Rabbit sends gangsters after a former contact of Lucas's uh, uh, Job, who helped Lucas forge paperwork to become a sheriff. Job manages to escape, displeasing Rabbit, who instructs his employees to find them both quickly. now one thing i really like about when they show uh, it's a subtle thing and i don't know if a lot of people pick up on it but for me i think it's really cool is like when they're in banshee the the show almost has like a blue kind of filter over it yeah and whenever they go to like new york or it shows like anything outside of banshee it's like full color like, have you yeah. noticed that? Like, how like, everything's, everything's so vibrant and, like, colorful when they're in another city, but yeah. when they're in Banshee, it's just got this one complete blue kind of look. And I really dig that. I like that it kind of distinguishes it, because every time I think about, you know, Rabbit and the guys in New York and going after Job at his little beauty salon and everything, like, the color palette is just so different in the show, and it's 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 really, really cool. It's just a subtle little thing that... I really dig. <laughs> and even with the cal- uh, characters, I mean, you know, um, our main character, when he's a sheriff, I mean, you know, he's wearing just a, a like a, a black button-down shirt, jean, black jeans and black boots with a star, <laughs> a, a sh- his sheriff's star that he took from the uh, former uh, Sheriff Lucas Hood. So, I mean, you know, like you said, you know, Banshee, the town of Banshee has this, 
certain, you know, feel to it, color to it. But when they break away from, you know, the town of Banshee, very vibrant, very different, um, you know, so I think it helps the viewer know exactly where the show is when it is, you know, showing you, you know, and that's a very good pickup, Don. Yeah, I, I love it. But let's so you know we have our pilot, and and we've joked about this even on our intro episode about how when people say, "Well, what's it about?" It's it, it's it's very hard. I mean, we just kind of summed it up very nice and neat. But when you're explaining it to people and you're trying to explain like, "Well, it's this criminal, and he takes over like this dead sheriff's body and identity, and he becomes the sheriff of this town," it sounds very kind of crazy, and it is. But that's what works so well, man, because you have this guy who basically is a criminal, now the sheriff of the town. And he comes in literally from day one, he gets sworn in, and this dude is just like, I don't give a fuck, and I'm just going to do things my way, <laughs> and I'm going to, you know, who cares about the rule book? And, and it's fun to watch, you know, this is a very small town, so they only have a couple deputies that work in this police department. You basically have three people. You have right. Siobhan, you have Emmett. And you and you Brock, right? right? And and we all love Siobhan. I mean, come on, she's awesome. <laughs> and but she's she's kind of in the middle. She's like, I kind of like this dude. I kind of dig this dude, but I don't know Very what to fully su- think of him. Suspicious. Yeah, Very because suspicious. like he's not really doing stuff by the book. And then you have Emmett, who's kind of like, well, he's my boss, so I'm gonna do what he says. <laughs> and right. then you have Brock, who is the guy that should have been promoted to sheriff, but kind of gets beat out. So he just hates. Uh, hood from the very beginning and um, this is a character that I really grew to love I didn't like Brock in that first season but man from the second season on he really turned for me and I, I really ended up liking him um, and so not only you but the writers did too because originally they were going to kill off Brock right? early on but they decided this character was just way too important to the series and they kept him on and it's and, good because uh, I, I, I would have been I would have been totally fine with them killing him off in that first season, but <laughs> but, but when they kick off that second season and he grows that beard out, he becomes just a better a better dude. Yeah, um, and it's almost like you know towards the end of this season he well you know we'll get yeah. to that, but you know it like, like you said he grows the beard yeah I mean but that's jumping <laughs> way ahead. <laughs> I'm just so. saying keep keep an eye out for Brock's beard hashtag Brock's beard yeah uh, hashtag yeah. <laughs> so um. Another great character, one of my favorite characters on the show is Job, um, played by Hoon Lee. I love this character. I remember the first time he popped up in the episode, I was like, what the hell is this dude and what is going on? And I don't know if I'm going to like this, but literally he played this role so damn good and i swear dude like now that we now that we know that the show's ending i really want a spin-off show with job and sugar i want the job and sugar show like of just there's them pulling off heist together <laughs> like i think that would be the greatest little spin-off yeah. show i i love when <laughs> this show puts just job and sugar together yes. and nobody else you just <laughs> they hate each other <laughs> They hate each other, but they but love then, each other. And that's yeah. what's so great about it, man. It's yep. this love-hate relationship. They don't really get 
get along well, but there's such a respect for the two, and they couldn't live without each other. I think at this point, but but they but they play it off so much like, oh man, I can't stand you, you know, and and I love it, and I would really love to see these guys do more together. I hope I hope we get to see them some more in the, the upcoming season. But Job is such a great character, and I was glad you know um, when he was introduced that it wasn't just this kind of one-off thing, and I like that he eventually ends up coming to Banshee down the road and and becoming a bigger part of the overall story so another great character like we talked about we met anastasia she is awesome um she gets this almost like dual personality kind of role that she gets to be where she's now carrie hopewell and she's just you know the wife and the mother and so sweet and bakes some cookies but little does everybody know she's like this almost like this assassin that's been trained to fight and steal and do all this stuff as anastasia and you know and and it's cool kind of seeing her kind of awaken again as Anastasia and uh, she doesn't mind getting naked in the show either. So that's always another plus uh, going on in the world of Banshee. Huge Uh, plus. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about, you know, Kai Proctor. I mean, so Kai gets introduced and, and, you know, me and you have talked about this before, but man, when, when he first showed up, I was just like, what a joke. Like, this is supposed to be the big bad guy. This is the guy that's running the town of Banshee. He's like this little dude, all like, looks like he's 60. He's Amish. Like, I I just. (laughs) This is is the guy we hired a sheriff from 3,000 miles away to come over and take out. Really? Like, like this guy's that influential. Like, what a joke. And as much as I love the show right off the bat, I hated this character. And I was like, man, they could have done so much more with with this with whoever they got to play Kai and boy was I wrong I eat my words each episode that went on Kai becomes a better and better character you see how evil he is you see how vindictive he is and you're like damn this dude is the the best mastermind criminal boss that's going on and uh he's one of the best villains on tv ever for me now so i really took a you know like like there's a lot of characters that they kind of introduce in this show and you might scratch your head a little bit all i gotta say is trust in this show man every character always comes through in the end so i i love kai so i mean you know after watching the pilot for you like what were some of the, you know what were the characters that you were just i mean was there anybody that really stood out to you and like were there anybody that you were kind of like oh, i don't know like i'm gonna have to take some time to get into this one i mean honestly uh job was just a, a total just wow uh just moment for me with every scene he was in didn't really know how to really process him in my head of, okay, who is this guy? What is this guy? You know, what's his angle? Um, but as, as the pilot moved on, you, you know, I really just, I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, uh, awesome. Like, I think Job for me, I, 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 I went, you know, from one, uh, you know, end of the spectrum to the other very quickly. Um, and also with, you know, the weird thing about this show that not a lot of shows do or hardly any is you find yourself almost rooting for the villain sometimes. Um, like Kai Proctor, uh, in, in, in some episodes you'll, 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 you know, almost root for him and in other ones you'll hate him. But, you know, at the end, you know, it's like how many, you know, the real villain in this show is rabbit and you know that's really brought together towards the end of the season but um you know 
that's you know again we're jumping ahead a little bit too far there <laughs> still still in the pilot there but uh i would have to say job was was the character for me that i had to change my uh my thoughts on pretty quickly hell yeah so great stuff awesome pilot completely sucked us in in that very first episode and just made us want to come back for more so let's go into episode two this episode is called the rave Lucas is haunted by the memories of the night that he was arrested and when he's led to led the police away from Anna so that she could escape with a consignment of diamonds that they had stolen from Rabbit. He confronts her about his lingering feelings for her but finds her reluctant to reciprocate. Meanwhile, Kai Proctor begins learning, trying to earn Lucas's loyalty by warning him about the Moody Brothers, a local gang, but Lucas is determined to stay clean as he continues to build his new identity. Deva skips school with her boyfriend, Reed, who takes her to a drug den operated by a local dealer, Hanson. He invites them to a barn rave where he sells ecstasy. After a run-in with the Moody Brothers, Lucas has a one-night stand with Rebecca Bowman. Um, we got, we'll talk about Rebecca Bowman here in a second, because I love me some Rebecca Bowman, played by the lovely Lily Simmons. A devout Amish girl by day, but a rebellious party girl at night. Things at the rave get out of control when several people, including Reed, OD. Thanks to a tip from Rebecca's father, Elijah, Lucas and the rest of the BSD arrive to break up the rave, but not in time to save Reed's life. Hanson escapes and is revealed to be working for Proctor, who then feeds Hanson to his Rottweiler for selling the tainted drugs. So, I, And that scene was just insane. <laughs> oh. Glorious. I mean, just listen to the description of these things. You're just like, they did this on a TV show? Like, like this isn't some crazy, crazy stuff. Now, <laughs> now, now, the end sentence there, who feeds his Rottweiler for selling the tainted drugs. What he does is he cuts off his pinky, throws it to the Rottweiler, and he goes, now he has a taste for you. You have about 60 seconds. I would start running now. <laughs> the so dude funny. is like... He's hesitant at it first, and then he just runs out. <laughs> he doesn't give him sixty seconds, does he? <laughs> the dog That's goes why after Kai Proctor him. Is awesome. <laughs> yeah, the dog goes after him, and all you hear is just screaming and a Rottweiler having fun. Oh, so good. Um, but yes, but we meet a very important character in this episode, which is Rebecca. Um, who's a little Amish girl who basically, you know, loves to go out and party, and and she, you know, can't stand that Amish lifestyle. And of course, she meets our boy Lucas Hood. And what you learn in this show is basically, if you're a female in the town of Banshee, you will sleep with Lucas Hood. And um, it's, you know, but it's in your contract <laughs> when you sign. It is. It's a requirement. <laughs> and, and I wish I had Anthony Starr's contract because uh, that dude gets <laughs> mad, mad lucky every episode. And you got to love it. But Rebecca Bowman, what a beautiful girl, man. She is so hot and she does not mind getting naked either. <laughs> and, um, oh, you know, which I think is also in every girl's off. contract on this show. So, uh, you know, we all appreciate it. I just want to say to the creators and producers of Banshee, we all appreciate it. Thank you. And Thank um, you. Thank you. So, so we'll learn more about Rebecca down the road. There's definitely more intrigue that comes along with her character. But we get to meet her and she's a very big character in the show uh, that really will play a bigger role coming down um you see more interaction with deva um who there's of course the suspicion at this point could she be lucas's daughter 
maybe i mean she's 15 and he was in prison for 15 years so i don't know man yeah I mean, uh, but doesn't i carrie actually tells him that she's like 13 though doesn't she she does I think she, she tells him she, yeah, she tries to say she's 13 and he goes she don't look 13 <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i mean it was on lucas's hood face right away as soon as he seen her he knew he knew it, he, she was his I mean, you could tell by, you know, on his face. And that's that's the one thing I love about the show is is not only the dialogue and the writing of the show, but the acting of the show and the facial expressions that uh, the different characters in the show, um, per, you know, portrayal. And the acting of the show is, you know, rivals nothing. I mean, you know, all the actors of the show are just great. And, you know, they... They do a lot of great acting with just looks, and that's great acting. It is. When you can sell a scene with no words, it's, it's great stuff. It really is. And, um, yeah, and then uh, on to uh, episode three. Meet Real the quick, new... before we go into okay. three, I just want to say this was also kind of the first, this, this episode two was kind of where we see Kai trying to suck up to lucas because he's because he's true. saying like oh here's the new sheriff i need to get this dude in my back pocket you know and he kind of like every him sheriff before him you know he tries to you know he tells him about the moody brothers he tries to be like hey anything you need i got you like you know and he's trying really hard and lucas ain't having it and and it pisses kai off but this is this is where you start to see their dynamic form of what you know. I'm trying to learn who you are. You're trying to learn who I am. Let's try to work together, you know. And then Lucas maybe thinking like, well, maybe this guy isn't as bad as everybody cracks him out to be. And and everybody's trying to figure each other out at this point. But it was it was really good to kind of see that bond start to form between you know Kai and and Lucas, of course. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was very important to the uh, rest of the season. All right, episode three. Meet the new boss. Um, in New York, Carrie drops in on Rabbit, uh, who is revealed to be her father. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> nice. Nice job. <laughs> uh, he offers her a deal. Return the diamonds she stole from him the night she disappeared and deliver Lucas to him, and he will leave her alone forever. Meanwhile... An MMA prize fighter named Mr. Sanchez arrives in Banshee for an expedition fight as part of a deal between Proctor and Benjamin Longshadow to build a new casino. <clears throat> when Sanchez beats and rapes a local cocktail waitress, uh, Lucas uses it as an opportunity to prove to Proctor that he is not for sale. And after a vicious fight with Santa Sanchez, beats the prize fighter nearly to death, and ruins Proctor's deal with Longshadow. One of the spectators uploads a video of the incident on YouTube. Proctor confronts Lucas about his poor decisions and suggests that Lucas should start being afraid of him. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite episodes of the season. I love this episode because you basically get the introduction with the Longshadows, 
which is another family that we're going to be very involved with, you know, as we move forward, um, you know, seeing the relationship build with the casino and all this dirty money and they bring in this MMA dude and he's supposed to put on this awesome exhibition match to bring all these people to this new casino. And like you said, man, a very brutal scene where he beats and rapes this cocktail waitress who at first is very, you know, enthralled with the MMA fighter. She's like, Oh my God, he likes me. Like, let's do this. She and was then very he, willing at first. Yeah. She was very willing, but then he just, goes off on her and beats her ass and it's really really graphic and it's hardcore and but then you know what he she goes into the hospital lucas sees her in the hospital and then he's like oh hell no not in my town you know and he goes back to the casino and just bum rushes the mma dude and it's great because you have this trained mma fighter who's like undefeated beats everybody up and he's like hey man you want to beat up a girl try beating me up you know pick on somebody your own size style and they just go to town man and one of the things i know we really love about the show is that our main guy lucas even though he's a very experienced fighter and he obviously has some kind of military background stuff like that he can get his ass whooped too Oh yeah, and, and 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 I like that because it's it's crazy sometimes with shows when somebody's a Superman and they don't have any powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and and what I love about Lucas is like he'll get his ass kicked, and he doesn't care, man. He just he wants to do what he feels is right. And he was so disgusted by what this dude did to this woman that he just was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna show this dude what's up. And they have one of the best fights I've ever seen on television. Just really beat each other so much, all the way down to the end of the fight. The MMA dude throws this awesome hook and Lucas just throws up his elbow, man, and the punch goes oh, right to his elbow. I still and cringe just, just thinking about I it. I know, man. Oh. It just kills him. And, you know, and then after that, he basically just breaks his arm. He snaps every single finger. One like by one. Man. By one. Yeah. And, dude, every, and every, everybody around, around him, <laughs> everybody around him. Each finger, every, like the oh, gets louder and louder by every finger he just splits apart from his hand. Oh, and what God. I love about this is even though Kai and and everybody knows what this dude did to this woman, they go to Lucas first and they're like, can you wait till after the exhibition fight to do this? They and literally like, asked two no. days. <laughs> two days. They yeah, literally had enough gall to say, listen, can you hold off two days? Because we really need to make some money. Exactly. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> Lucas like, yeah, step aside. I'm going to go take step care aside. of this We're dude. We're doing this right now. Yeah, yeah it, it is just so good. I love the revenge aspect of it. And um, it's just awesome stuff, dude. And, and when we talk about one of the other great things about the show is foreshadowing and, and them dropping things in, in episodes that you might not pick up on your first viewing. and then But then there's different things that happen. And then in another episode, you'll be like, Oh, that's what they were talking about. Or you, you kind of learn things. We're going to talk about an episode coming up here where he's in, it's a flashback to him in jail and he's fighting people and stuff. That's where that elbow move came from. Yep. You know, and like you don't know about it. You see it first in this fight, but then when you, you see later on in a flashback scene, it was Lucas that got his hand <laughs> broken by exactly. his elbow, yeah. you know? So, so it's like, he learned that move from someone else. And then you see it kind of come back and play. Lucas and knows how devastating it is. Exactly. So <laughs> it's little nuggets like that, that they drop that is really cool to appreciate. So I just love this episode so much, man. Uh, you know, uh, it was one of my favorites too. I got to agree with you. 
and uh, and you know it really you know sets the stage for Kai and finally just kind of understanding okay it's going right. to be a lot harder for me to get you know this sheriff in my back pocket exactly this is you know we talked about in episode two like kai kind of sucking up to him trying to get him like hey man i'm here for you and then after this episode and after he beats that dude's ass and cost kai a lot of money kai's like all right no more mr nice guy i ain't playing you you should be scared of me so you know and and that's and that's great um you know so all right some good stuff there man um so let's talk episode four Half deaf is better than all dead. Lucas goes back to his old ways and gets trapped inside the state museum that he's robbing and ends up having to turn to his old crew, Job and Carrie, for help escaping. Using evidence provided by a white supremacist, Arno, Lucas and Emmett are able to arrest Proctor for the murder of Hanson. While transporting him, they are attacked by the Moody brothers, who want revenge for Lucas Hood killing their brother. A fight ensues with Lucas. Emmett and Proctor defeat the Moody brothers, Carrie keeps reminiscing about her time with Lucas. Meanwhile, he sleeps with Cat Moody. So uh, <laughs> this is where we go back again and we talk about, hey, if you're a female in the town of Banshee, you're going to be with Lucas Hood. The even funny thing even if he kills your husband. Even if he kills your husband, <laughs> you're pissed off about it, you're going to feel better about it after you sleep with Lucas Hood. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so I, I just found that so hilarious that she's like, you son of a bitch, you killed my husband. I'm going to sleep with you. Um, She smacks him in the face, and that turns Lucas on, don't it? (laughs) So it's on from there, and it's great. And, um, you know, we didn't talk about her husband getting killed, and that's another great scene. I forget which episode. That's in the third episode, I think. Second or third. um, I think it was the second, yeah, where he he basically saved Kai's life because uh, that that one, uh, you know, her husband was going to kill Kai. Right. But then Lucas shoots him before he can shoot Kai. Exactly. And and then we kind of learn a little bit of insight into Kai's right hand man, who's uh, Burton. Um, and, you know, that's Burton is an amazing character and you'll see him always with Kai Proctor. He's a dude played by Matthew Rauch. He wears glasses. He's always got a bow tie on. He's got a nice suit. Um, the thing you'll learn with Burton is like this dude is a mad beast. <laughs> and yeah. If you see those glasses come off, Run. shit's about to go down. <laughs> and um, you, in that scene when Lucas saves Kai and he shoots the Moody guy, um, you see Burton step up and start to pull those glasses off, Superman style. And um, and, and then you know Lucas shoots him, and he's like, "Oh, okay," puts the glasses back on. He's like, <laughs> "All right, I guess I don't got to get my hands dirty here." Um, Burton's an amazing character. Not very much dialogue. Um, I hear he's got a bigger role in, in season four, which gets me very excited because I want to see more Burton, man. I don't feel like he's utilized enough. Um, when he is, it's glorious, but I want more because he's such a cool, cool character. Um, yeah, I mean, and to be honest, I think they did it on purpose, so you want that. Right. You know? <laughs> and uh, it, it works so well. It does. And and you get a big payoff of Burton in season three that we'll eventually get to. Yeah, I can't um, wait for that in March. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, so this was a this was a good episode, kinda of continues setting everything up, um, dealing with the Moody brothers, kinda of getting that story arc kind of out the way. And um, you know, it, this was a, a, a pretty little decent one here. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, you know, all on to see our episode five called The Kindred. 
where Job moves to Banshee and starts making new plans with Lucas. When a member of a motorcycle gang attempts to rape Carrie, uh, Siobhan, <laughs> thank you, Siobhan arrives on the scene and kills the man. The motorcycle gang swears vengeance, burning down Siobhan's house and ruining the annual Banshee Festival. Proctor helps Lucas locate the gang, but expects something in return. Lucas then beats up the motorcycle gang and has them transported out of Banshee. Meanwhile, an FBI agent comes to Banshee to investigate some missing files. Now, this episode, um, you know, I think this episode was really put there to start to basically... Uh, show you that Lucas is starting to get down with his, you know, his his deputies. You know, he's starting to really, um, almost, you know, you know, re- you know, really, uh, you know, respect them, care for them, you know, uh, you know, almost, uh, you know, like treat them like family, almost. You know what I mean? And and the way he goes about it is, you know, the revenge that he gets on the motorcycle gang for what they did to Siobhan. So. You know, and and that I, I think this episode was pretty much put there to show to show you, you know, because in you know up to this point, basically, you know, we're seeing you know our main character Lucas Hood, uh, you know, assume the role of Lucas Hood and how he's living as Lucas Hood, and and everybody you know getting to know him, you know, most people are very, you know. Uh, what's the word? You know, very suspicious of him at first, but then they just kind of chalk it up to, oh, he's just different than most, I guess. Uh, but you know, this episode right here really, I think, was really just put there for, you know, Lucas and his deputies. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it definitely, you know, I mean, you see how pissed he is. Like, it's kind of, it was kind of like the thing with the chick you know, who got raped by the MMA dude and how he took it so personally because yeah. he, he's taken responsibility for this town now kind of as a sheriff. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he has formed a bond with, with his deputies and, you know, he appreciated that Siobhan saved Carrie, which of course he loves Carrie. And then she, you know, gets her house burned down, you know, and, and he's pissed, you know, he's like, man, you ain't going to mess with my people like that, you know? And exactly. he's got, he's got multiple reasons to want to go after this gang for not only what they did to Siobhan and her house, but also for what they tried to do to Carrie, you know? So it's like, so, I mean, I love that, that I just love that when people do him wrong, he doesn't care about the consequences. He doesn't care about, you know, how much it hurts him. He's just going to go get revenge. And I, I love that aspect of it. You know, this is, this is more of one of the, you know, and it's the middle episode of the season. This is more of a, a filler kind of episode. Um, you know, if we had to say if there's one, yeah. Um, but it's still a great episode. It just, you know, there's not much else kind of moving the story along in this one. It just kind of, you know, it's there. Um, yeah. But but it, but the good but part still of it an is awesome you see oh yeah of course there's no bad episodes so let me just say that but if we're kind of ranking them this one's kind of just you know it's that middle kind of peak and um, I think like I said like you were saying like the plus of this episode is just more or less just seeing how much he's caring for the people in this town now that he wants to kind of avenge it exactly so um, yeah and then the next episode is labeled Wicks. 
right? A former fellow inmate named Wicks recognizes Lucas, and this triggers a series of flashbacks to when Lucas was in prison. When in prison, Lucas had to deal with the advances and the assaults of Albino, an inmate who worked for Rabbit. One of the assaults nearly killed Lucas. During a confrontation in front of the entire prison, Lucas violently killed the Albino. In the present, Wicks attempts to blackmail Lucas by threatening to reveal his true identity, but is killed by Sugar and Lucas. In the post credit scene, Lucas receives a voicemail from the son of the real Lucas Hood. This was a great episode. This was a great episode. Um... I loved everything about this episode. The flashbacks to the albino was Very important. so important. And the albino being such a cool character that is just basically this big ripped albino dude that's in prison and nobody messes with him. I mean, it's just you just don't F with this dude. And dude even has red eyes. I know. It's crazy. I mean, like like a pale albino rabbit. I mean <laughs> I mean they I mean they could have gone, you know, so many different directions on Who's the guy in prison that's going to basically make, you know, uh, our main character's life a living hell for the next 15 years, you know, that rabbit wants. And they go with a totally hairless albino with red eyes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's it's so good. And this backstory is interesting because obviously albino works for rabbit and rabbits like take out hood you know and and he messes with him man and he beats hood's ass and that's what we were talking about the scene with throwing up the elbow and punching smashing his you know hand that came in a fight with the albino where basically no matter what hood did he couldn't do anything to the albino <laughs> he just he just got his ass whooped yep. and you see how he's actually scared for the first time i don't think i've ever seen lucas really scared of anybody in this show other than the albino um when you see these flashback scenes of how much he got his ass whooped that first fight, he's kind of like, I don't know if I can beat this guy. And, you know, you know, and you see kind of this montage of him getting stronger and better and rehabilitating because he got so hurt from that first fight. And man, we get to the flashback scene, you know, where, where he, he goes up to albino after he feels better. And he's like, I, I admit you win. I'll be your bitch. <laughs> I'll do whatever you need me to do. You know? And albino's like, you need to suck my dick. <laughs> and he's like, all right. And he gets down on his knees in front of him, and Albino pulls his pants down, and Lucas, man, just cuts his damn dick off. <laughs> I know. Just goes in there with his mouth open, and then <laughs> split second, grabs his hand with the knife, slice. Oh, he cock goes flying. It, slices <laughs> it right oh, off. God. And man, I hurt for a week after watching this. Oh. He slices it off. Albino's like, what? And and Lucas then just beats his ass with the weights that are laying around, strangles him with a barbell, and just smashes his head with a barbell, um, with, with the weight. And just his whole head just gets twisted, like, all the way around. It's a very graphic scene, Extremely. and it's just done so well, man. It yeah. was done so well. It doesn't look fake at all. It just looks so good. And you just, you see once again just how hood is gonna get the job done when it comes down to it so all of that was excellent and then now we're dealing with this dude wicks who's like this little crack out dude who's like you know i'm not gonna blow up your spot man but you're gonna do something for me you know and he wants money and he wants drugs and he wants to do this and do that and then you know lucas is thinking i can get rid of this guy on my own and then by the end of the episode he's like okay this dude's just gonna keep milking me uh you know blackmailing me over and over again so um you know sugar and lucas say hey let's Let's, let's go. Uh, let's go fishing, 
and they go out fishing and uh you know when when the fishing trip is over the camera pans under the water and you see our boy wicks here is uh sleeping with the fishes yep. <laughs> so uh the old concrete chew so to speak yeah it was it was great so they they solved their problem there and uh we move on you know so this this was just such an excellent episode yeah one of my favorites one of my favorites definitely um, yeah, and then we move right on to uh, episode seven. Behold, a pale rider. A drugstore robbery turns into a massive hostage situation, led by two gunmen. With Carrie's daughter, one of the students held at gunpoint. At the same time, Rabbit is on his way to Lucas, who has been drugged and handcuffed to a motel bed by Carrie. Aided by Job, Lucas escapes, goes to the school, and kills the gunman. After the hostage crisis is resolved, Rabbit watches television and recognizes Lucas in the news report. Rabbit says, sends Olick, his main man, to Banshee to look for clues about Lucas. This was one of the episodes, Don, that me and you were talking about that you could have taken or leaving. Now, I mean, this was one of the episodes that yeah, I was uh, saying that Carrie... Throughout, you know, the season up to this point, once Lucas gone out of her life, she's begged him, she's pleaded, she's she's even offered to buy him out by giving him the diamonds, right? And he's like, you're going to try to buy me? You can't buy me. I'm not going anywhere, you know, or what? And then she's like, I'll kill you myself. And then... She gives him up to uh, Rabbit because she feels like, okay, he's not going away. This is my last play to get him out of my life. And, uh, you, you know, um, like you were saying, after the whole gunman hostage situation is resolved, and Lucas comes out saving, you know, her daughter and everything, he, the look on, on uh, Carrie's face was priceless. <laughs> It was great. I mean, people don't, you know, you don't realize, I mean, Lucas, he, he trusts Carrie. I mean, and, and he wants, he just wants to be there for her. And, and the, like you said, Carrie is kind of like, I don't care at this point. She's like, just leave me alone. You're just going to mess up my life. Get out of here. And she kind of, she lures him in in this episode by being like, you know, hey, let's go for a drive together. And he was like, okay, cool. And she ends up drugging him and then handcuffing him and basically leaving him for dead. She, you know, she she shackles him up to a bed in a hotel room, calls Rabbit, says, here you go. Here's your dude. Go do what you got to do. And really just gives him up. And I was like, damn, that's cold-blooded, man. <laughs> like, that, that, that's so cold-blooded. And lucky for us, Job comes in the nick of time, rescues him, gets him out of there before Rabbit and the boys show up. And yeah, and then so this whole episode is basically focused on this hostage crisis. And that's why this episode didn't do much for me because I didn't care much about the hostage crisis, um, which I felt like they spent too much time on. But seeing Lucas show up at the end of the... Because that whole episode, too, they got this big hostage situation going on. What is everybody in the town is going, where the hell is Hood? <laughs> right? They're all looking <laughs> for Hood. Where the hell is Hood? Yeah. And finally, Hood come, shows up. And yeah, Carrie's face is just like, oh my God, like, where did you come from? Like, And yeah. she's thinking, like, is he going to blow my spot up now? Is he going to rat me out? What's he going to do? And Lucas just, he doesn't hold any grudge, man. He's just like, whatever. You had to do what you had to do. I get it. You know, let's just, let's go save our daughter. <laughs> and, Blinded by love, and, man. 
you know, and, and he does. And, and it, you know, it wraps up very nicely. So, um, it's, you know, it, it, the episode definitely has its moments, but for me, it's one of the two of the weaker kind of episodes of the whole season. But, um, this is a turning point, I think, for Carrie because it's after this episode where Carrie's kind of like, okay, maybe I shouldn't push this dude away and <laughs> maybe no. embrace the fact that he's around for everybody's safety. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. This is the episode where Carrie finally changes and says, okay, I, I'm not getting rid of him. So now what do I do? Yeah, I might as well just embrace it. Yep. All right, episode eight. It's called We Shall Live Forever. Carrie tells Lucas that Deva is his daughter. Oh, what? Shocker. What? I mean, <laughs> I know we all saw it coming. She wasn't 13. She was 15. Olek, an employee of Rabbit, arrives and attempts to capture Carrie, only to be captured by Lucas and Carrie in return. Rebecca is forced to leave her Amish home because she's too much of a potty girl, prompting her uncle Proctor to confront his Amish family. Benjamin Longshadow dies in the hospital, leaving his son Alex as the new tribal chief. Olek manages to break free of his constraints, resulting in a fight with Carrie that lasts the majority of the episode. Lucas arrives shortly after the fight concludes with Olek dead and Carrie severely injured. This episode was awesome because now we're starting to get towards the end of the season. Things are starting to kind of culminate and we knew Olek was coming. And when Olek and Carrie have a very interesting relationship in Carrie's eyes, she grew up with this dude. He's like a brother. In Olek's eyes, yeah, he grew up with her, but he also fell madly in love with her because she was always around and he wanted to be with her, not Lucas Hood. And they get into a fight that pretty much rivals anything you've ever seen. Um, we love the MMA fight that we talked about earlier in the season. This fight matches it toe-to-toe, and it does take place over the majority of the episode. It does a lot of cutting away, goes to some stuff, then it cuts back to them fighting. And they just... They rip through walls. They fall through tables. They're smashing boards over each other's heads. I mean, <laughs> it's so brutal and graphic. And literally, you have this big Ukrainian kind of dude fighting this little skinny Anastasia. But she's so awesome. She holds her own. And it's just it's one of the best male-female fights I've just ever seen in my life. And I that's another thing I commend the show for is just being like, we don't care if you're a male, female, whatever, you know, transgender, <laughs> you know, gay, <laughs> whatever, you're going to kick some ass in this show and we're going to make everybody look good. And and I love that, you know, like they just, they really pull it off and, and the Carrie fights are just so intense. It's not the first or last time that you're going to see Carrie whoop some guy's ass. And, um, and it just, it, it's such a great fight because yeah, she ends up killing him, but she's like 90% dead herself at the Pretty end of much. this fight. I mean, she's really on death's door herself. And that's how brutal this fight was. I love this episode. I mean, put it this way at the end of the fight, Olick kind of gets the upper hand, gets a piece of uh, wood. That's kind of like a splintered piece of wood, like from a chair that was, yeah bashed over his head and he sticks it into her side right um you know and then throws her over uh his shoulder but the piece of wood's still in her side she rips it out of her side and shoves it into his spine like three times <laughs> until he falls down right and then it's very and then it was a very weird you know they're both just bleeding out 
dying basically on the floor. They're holding each other, reminiscing, you know, uh, you know, basically hold, you know, she's holding him, he's laying on her, and it was a very weird fight. Like, you know, okay, you got the best of me, you know, uh, you know, Oleg said I would have been good to you, and everything else, and that's when Carrie finishes him off, and I think she did that out of mercy. So, I mean, it, the fight was just amazing. And like you said, it rivals the MMA fight. To, I mean, you know, you can go back and forth. And either fight you pick that's the better fight, you wouldn't be wrong. Agreed. <clears throat> so, you know, and then Lucas, you know, finally comes back after getting rid of Rebecca. Uh, you know, dropping her off at, back at Kai's and then coming back. So, you know, pretty much you figure the, the fight starts as Lucas leaves and then the fight ends about mm, five minutes before he comes back. So this fight literally goes on for about 25 minutes. <laughs> they pretty much fight each other for a good 25 minutes, I would say. It's awesome. But, um, but yeah, man, great fight. Great episode, one of my favorites. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they have no qualms about having you know a female character just whoop some ass. So, um, I mean, you know, is there anything else you wanted to take out of this episode uh, no, man. before Let's we move go. on to the next one? Episode nine, always the cowboy. Uh, Carrie is in the ICU. Because Lucas got her there just in the nick of time. Her husband Gordon runs into Lucas and later confronts her with his doubts. Job and Sugar bury Oleg's body. Rabbit prepares a large-scale action in Banshee. Trying to secure Max, Carrie is too late and sees him being abducted by Rabbit. The FBI agent takes charge of the kidnapping investigation. Lucas and Kai Proctor come to an arrangement after a short fight about Lucas's affair with Rebecca. Proctor also confronts Alex as, and has the construction of the new casino halted as a display of power by blowing a simple whistle. Rabbit introduces himself to his new family, much to the horror of Deva. <clears throat> Later, Rabbit confronts Lucas and tells him that this will be the last time they see each other. As soon as Rabbit leaves the building, the sound of guns being readied could be heard, and Lucas ducks in desperation and goes, yep, and after that, he goes, oh shit, and dives <laughs> out of the way. Hell of a way to end the episode. And then all of a sudden, boom, Banshee, ready for episode 10 to come but not yet <laughs> because we got to talk about this episode this episode was from beginning to end the one word manic comes to mind and i mean you know the only thing on carrie's mind is to get her family out of banshee because she knows olick was just there she knows rabbit's not far behind Aww. she knows she needs to get her uh family out out of Banshee because they are all in danger, but she was just too late. And Max is abducted by Rabbit. Yeah, crazy scene because when she's gets to the school and she's looking out the window, like I couldn't, you couldn't tell if she was really seeing it or if it was just all in her head because I, yeah. she's because she's still so effed up from that fight. 
You know, I mean, she literally gets runs out of the hospital in her gown. You know, yeah. and bleeding and all over the place. In the emergency room, being like, "I gotta get my son. I gotta get my son." And like, you're kind of thinking like she's having visions like this whole time. So when she gets to the school and she sees Rabbit grabbing the son, you're like, "Did that really happen, or is that just in her head?" And uh, I mean, it was really intense. You know, and and I loved you know like Rabbit just kind of going to their home and just being like, hey, I'm I'm her dad, and you know, and you know, Carrie's my daughter, and I'm your you know, meet your grandpa, and like all this stuff, and just the, the scared look of Carrie's face, and um, you know, I really like Gordon in this episode too of just his confrontation with Lucas in the beginning when they're at the hospital, you know, he's like what the fuck dude like you know like ever since you came to town <laughs> like my wife is getting raped and beat up and like, like all this crap is happening yeah. to her she was just a simple housewife <laughs> before you showed up like what everything is going was on? calm and peaceful except for kai you come to town and just i mean just everything just is going to hell <laughs> this entire awful. this entire town is in turmoil ever since you've come here <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Then we get our first fight between Lucas and Kai, which is awesome, you know, basically, you know, Lucas goes to Kai for help, actually, because he, he just, he needs help with Rabbit. He knows he can't do this on his own, but Kai's pissed, because he's like, you know what, I found out you slept with my, my with my niece, and he's like, oh, man, so they fight kind of over that pride, they, they get done beating each other's ass, they have a drink together, and, and you know, Kai says, okay, I'll help you out, but remember, you owe me one when it comes when it comes down to it and you know that card's going to get played and you know so you're just waiting for that and and like i said that ending of the episode man he goes back to the police station he's looking around no one's there and you just hear all these guns lock and loading and oh shit like and <laughs> the episode ends and you're just like get me to the next episode right now because you know you're going into the finale you're wondering what's going to happen what's going to go on and man this is yeah manic is a good word for it they crammed a lot into this you know we only got 10 episodes to tell an amazing story and once you get to those last couple we got a lot to wrap up and then they they just go for it man yeah and i, I mean and you know, I I don't want to jump ahead just yet because you know when they come when they start uh, see, uh episode nine you know they pick up where they left off off of season eight when all the uh, guns are just you know um you know just a blaze of bullets flying into the, the uh, sheriff's department. Lucas is hiding behind this big old Cadillac. That's episode ten. You're jumping ahead. Am I? Yeah. You, episode no. nine ends with that. <laughs> Uh, that's what we just talked about <laughs> oh, i'm sorry <laughs> i'm like you, you are that right sentence you are right i'm sorry I'm <laughs> sorry 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 <laughs> i i just got done binge watching the whole season one uh one so it's a little bit you know all scrambled up my head oh, i apologize for that so anyways uh don't okay but uh yeah you owe me one <laughs> hey, but okay so the fight with with uh kai and uh lucas again uh i would say there was three great fights in this season one that you could say were gr one of the greatest fights in the season and you wouldn't be wrong with a any of the three and you find out that kai is just as much of a badass <laughs> as lucas is i mean they're almost equals they really are. It's like it's like yin and yang right there. I mean, and they pretty much like 
they they pretty much end the fight with saying, "Are you done yet?" <laughs> you know, they asked each other. I think two or three times, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? And then Kai finally says, all right, I've had enough. <laughs> and he reaches over, grabs a bottle of uh, whiskey, takes a swig, hands it to Lucas, fights over. And he's like, what do you want to talk to me about? <laughs> and I, that and that's how, you know, that fight ends. That was a great scene, man. Great fight, great scene. Good respect right there. Yeah. And his <laughs> promises, okay, I won't touch her again. Yeah. Which I'm sure was a very hard promise to make. He was he, <laughs> he was like deal and he goes no, not deal. Fact. <laughs> you know, and uh yeah. He showed he had his fingers crossed behind his back and he was like fuck that. <laughs> no. yeah. And and at the end of that whole scene, um I don't know if you caught on to that, but the cinematography of, of, of this whole thing when he when Kai hands the bottle of whiskey to Lucas and Lucas takes a swig uh and then, you know, brings the bottle down, they they uh you know, they do a sh uh, a really close up of the bottle of whiskey, and you see the blood mixing oh, yeah. in with the whiskey. Yeah. So Kai's blood and Lucas's blood is now circling around in this bottle of whiskey, and it's very symbolic. Very crazy, good stuff like that, man. Yeah, and there's a lot of that throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the season to watch for. All right, well here we are, uh, episode here we go. ten, season one finale. All right. I'm getting my hands warm, Don. <laughs> a let's, mixture of madness. Let's get so into it, brother. In the past, Lucas gets close to a counselor evaluating his early release and is eventually revealed that the counselor worked for Rabbit. In the present, Lucas is saved from a Rabbit's gunman by Proctor and Burton. Lucas exchanges himself to Rabbit for Max. Carrie, Sugar, Job, and the three deputies go to Rabbit's outpost to save Lucas, and a shootout occurs. Sugar and Brock are wounded. Rabbit tortures Lucas and, pre and prepares to kill him when Carrie arrives. After a brief exchange of words, Carrie shoots her father. Hurt by Carrie's choice of Lucas over her family, Gordon leaves with the children. An explosion is set off by Proctor to send a message to Alex, blows up the casino being built, and accidentally kills Mayor Dan Kendall, who is inside. A small group of hunters come across the remains of the body of the real Lucas Hood, and in a post credit scene, Jason Hood, son of the real Lucas Hood, is shown watching the YouTube video of the fight between the MMA fighter Mr. Sanchez and the unnamed protagonist that is Lucas Hood. So, awesome finale. Season 1 really kind of brings everything together. Um, you know, we get a little bit more background scenes of, of Rabbit playing more mind games with Lucas in jail with the counselor and everything. Um, but of course, and uh, what we is, pick up in this episode kind of where, you know, Frank over here jumped ahead. But basically, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, so remember, you. at the end of, C of episode nine, we end on a shot of all the guns locking and loading and Lucas just being like, oh, shit, and ducking, boom, Banshee. This episode picks up right at that same spot. The guns are all unloading. He's ducking behind tables and chairs, and he's trying not to get shot. He's all by himself with literally like a little handgun going up against mad firepower coming after him. And um, he's hiding behind, yeah, like an old Cadillac. And um, and then all of a sudden you hear more gunfire, and it's Proctor and Burton. They come, they save the day, and basically, you know, like Proctor said, man, he's like, I'll, I'll come help you out, but you're going to owe me one. And this is, you know, him putting out his debt. And uh, so now Lucas has got to do something for him down the road. Uh, but he gets saved by them. And, of course, in typical Lucas fashion, he turns himself into Rabbit to uh, save Carrie's son. 
And uh, but then this is where everybody kind of comes together. You have the deputies saying we got to go save our sheriff, and you have you know Job and Sugar and Carrie saying we got to go get our boy back. So everybody teaming up, going. They have this awesome shootout. Everything's going down. Um, you think um, that Carrie has shot her dad. We think maybe it's the end of Rabbit, but nah, man, it's only season one. We can't get through it that quick, right? He's if there's no body, there's no body, so we then we he know. ain't dead, right? <laughs> we know Rabbit has hopped his ass away, man. So, you know, and um, and then we have the scene with the casino being blown up. We see the the new young mayor uh, who brought Lucas Hood in is now dead. So where's that going to go? I mean, it wraps things up, but it starts opening up more doors for the future of this show. And uh, it was a hell of a season one finale. And as much as, you know, I love the finale. I love this whole season. The great thing about Banshee season two gets better season three gets even better and this show just continues to evolve and get better and better and better and it just once once again makes us so excited for season four coming and that's why we're doing this show is amazing this was a great season one finale and really makes you want to come back for more and see where this story takes you in this town of banshee yeah i mean i was so satisfied at the end of this episode and yet so because because i watched i mean you, you you know you found it a little late i i was in from day one and waiting a year almost for you know season two to start was just oh i couldn't I wait <laughs> i mean because you know this episode not only ties up a lot of things but it also creates a lot of cliffhangers for the next season to get you just you know wanting season two to start so bad i mean and there's a lot of levels of cliffhangers not just one you know there's uh, i i counted three uh <laughs> you know just real quick in my head and there might be even more than that i don't know yeah i mean because you you got to look at it from okay even down to the smallest thing like okay the mayor's been killed now what's that gonna take us yeah. right mm-hmm. we have the fact that the real Lucas Hood's son is coming and he's seen the video. He knows somebody's pretending to be his dad. Right. Is, is that going to, you know, blow up in Lucas's hood's face next season? You know, we have um, basically the turning kind of a Brock because this is where Brock kind of turned as a character and kind of almost started to be like, all right, cool. I'm going to be a team player. I got everybody's back. You know, we, yeah. we saw, we saw Carrie, kind of go full on Anastasia mode and kind of just get back to her normal self finally, which was a very big, long journey from the beginning of the season. You know, we saw Gordon, you know, take that turn of I'm taking the kids, I'm leaving. I don't even know who you are anymore, (laughs) you know, and getting the hell out of there, you know? So there's, there's so many different things that happens in this episode that leaves the door open in five different directions of like, okay, where is each of these character storylines going to take me? you know, in, in the season two and, and the FBI agent finding, you know, the, the, the three dead bodies, you know, that the, that the hunters found, I mean, you know, yes. So we, we, you know, we have the police involved now. We found the body of the real Lucas hood. 
you got to be able to find some DNA, stuff like that, you know, and it's, and it's cool because, you know, we, in the very first episode in the pilot, when the real Lucas Hood gets shot, the first bullet that comes through goes through his hand, so he has this hole in his hand, so when they showed that these corpses were found in the woods, and they're looking at, at the skeletons, basically, on the, on the morgue table, the one skeleton has a hole in his hand, so you're like, oh, shit, they, yep. found, they found Lucas Hood, they found the real deal. And I remember the quote go. from the uh, the FBI agent was, who might you be? Yeah, who might you be? <laughs> Very sneaky. So good. Oh, it was it was really great. I mean, again, like, like I said, tied up a lot of uh, story arc loose ends, but left you with a lot of uh, hangers. And you know, w- you know, you you just added to you know three more, so I count six now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure going into season two. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So. So, uh, so for an overall, you know, uh, episode one to episode ten, Don. Um, I mean, it's it's just it's phenomenal. I mean, like like I, yeah. we just talked about ten episodes. There was maybe two out of the whole ten that we were like, yeah, yeah they didn't live up to the rest of the episodes. But honestly, they were not bad episodes either. Like I still appreciate them for what they gave me. They just maybe don't move at the pace the other ones do. But you know, I, every every episode can't be frantic. You know, and exactly. and there's gonna be stuff like that. And but I feel like you know the, this show does something very unique and something very special. Uh, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. You care about every character. That's a sign of a good show to me. Um, there's a lot of shows I watch, but I don't like everybody in the show. You know, like I'm like, oh, I like this guy. I kind of don't like this character. I hate this character. You know, and, and that's yeah. the way I feel about a majority of shows. I love everybody in this show. I am hooked on each and every single character they have introduced us to. And Whether and it be that, a villain or, exactly. or a good guy. Good guy, and, bad guy. And the problem whatever. is... They're all the same, <laughs> e- e- except for the three deputies <laughs> and Gordon. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Everybody else is good and bad at different points of the show. You know, yeah. like Lucas Hood. He's, you know, w- you know, one minute he's robbing a painting from a from a museum, and the next minute, you know, he's he's going in and saving the day in a hostage situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's just, you know, each, like you said, you love every single character, whether it be a villain. I mean, you get to love Olick even, you know, you almost yeah, feel bad for him at the end, <laughs> you know, right before she sticks that, you know, piece of, uh, you know, chair into his neck to finish him off. You know, you, you almost feel bad for him. You know, because they have a dialogue with each other as they beat the shit out of each other. You know, <laughs> every character has a purpose, and 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 whether it's a for one episode or it's for all ten, there's a purpose, and there's a bigger overall story, and you see more people evolve into the future seasons, and you know, if you are yeah, just yeah. now getting into the show and you're starting at season one, all I gotta say is you ain't seen nothing yet. No, <laughs> right. like literally I mean, see i mean the best has yet to come it has this is a show that like i said gets better and better and that is why season four is going to end the series because you're bound to run out of luck at some point with, with tv how do you always get better than your previous season and it gets risky and i appreciate that they want to go out on top and i i am 
Can't wait to see what they pull out for season four. But we got a very magical little gem here uh, on Cinemax called Banshee. If you don't have Banshee or you don't have Cinemax, I kind of implore you to call your local cable provider, call your satellite provider, you know, maybe in March. And uh, usually you can get a good month out of them for free. And uh, just tell them, hey, I would like, you know, a month to even three months sometimes, you know, hey, I would love to, you know, try out a free trial of Cinemax. And I'm sure you can get it. Then it'll allow you to binge watch the first three seasons and then get ready to watch season four uh, as it airs. You know, I, I've been promoting the show nonstop to everybody I can. And I've yet to have anybody come back to me and say, I tried it. I just couldn't get into it. Everybody that tries it is like, tell me where I can find season two, where, where I can get into season three. Um, it is, it is, you get addicted very, very quickly. And you're very sad when you're all caught up. <laughs> and, you know, I bought them all on Blu-ray. Season one is available on Amazon video prime. Uh, if you want to check out season one, season two and three, you can watch on iTunes. Um, you can get the Blu-rays on Amazon and Best Buy and stuff like that. So, I, I bought them all. This is a show that I can sit down. I can watch again. I literally, like Frank said, I just got into the show literally almost exactly a year ago today. And I went through the first three seasons literally in like three days. And not only that, but then I told my wife about it and she said, okay, it sounds interesting. And then I re binge watched all three seasons with her right after and uh, got her into it. And now we're very excited for season four and I will totally pop this in again, probably within the next, you know, within the next year and watch all the seasons again, because they're just that good. Uh, Cinemax did a nice marathon a couple weeks ago. And every time I was supposed to do the channels, I had to stop and watch at least a little bit of it. Even if I only had a couple minutes, I always, stopped and I watched a couple minutes of it because no matter where you kind of stop in on the show you're just like you almost kind of get hooked and you can't change the channel again it's that awesome so check out Banshee you won't regret it uh it it is not for the faint of heart like I said it is very TVMA it's got nudity it's got language it's got violence it's very graphic so I'm warning you, I mean, if that's not something you're into, then this might not be the show for you. But if you are into that kind of stuff, and if you're a man like us, and you like that really hardcore man stuff, then definitely <laughs> check the show out. There's no doubt you're going to love it, and you're going to say, how the hell did I not know about this show? Because it's almost like TV's hidden little secret, man. People don't have Cinemax for some reason, and you don't ex you think about HBO, Showtime, all the great stuff that the other premium channels do. People don't think about Cinemax, and, you know, it's a little unfortunate for a show like Banshee that it kind of flies under the radar like that, but um, it's – people are finding out. I mean, you know, we're really big on Twitter, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, TV.com and a lot of big TV sites that run that Banshee is one of the greatest shows on television, and I like when they tweet out about the show because it gets even more exposure to it, and it deserves it. It's such an amazing show. I hope you all check it out, and I hope that you all have enjoyed us talking about it, and you come back again next month, listen to us talk about Season 2, come back in March, listen to Season 3, and join us every week in April for Season 4 as we uh, kick it up after show style and talk about each and every episode as um, you know the week that they air. So uh, I'm very, very excited, and I hope you've enjoyed it. So tell all your friends. Follow us on Twitter at Welcome to Banshee. It's Welcome, the number two Banshee. Check us out on Twitter, and uh, follow us individually as well. I'm going to shoot over here to my boy Lynx, who set this whole thing up, and uh, let him tell you where you can follow him on social media and about a little other podcast you can listen to with him. 
Well, thank you, Don. Uh, yeah, um, you know, links, that's uh, L-L-N-K-Z, easy on Twitter. Uh, you know, uh, I come from the racing world. Uh, my podcast is Indie Sports Car Podcast. We're on uh, at Red Dragons Radio, streaming there. We're also on iTunes and the Podbean app, uh, which is exactly where this show is also streaming on Red Dragons Radio, uh, iTunes, and the Podbean app. So, you know, so uh, very easy to find, and uh, hope you guys find it. So, uh, you know, and hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, like Don said, can't wait for season two, season three, and doing season four with you, Don. And really appreciate you doing it with me. Um, and, uh, you know, you have a great show going, Don. And uh, where can they find your show at, buddy? Well, I appreciate it. And like you said, it's RedDragonsRadio.com. I want to say that is the hub. Forget about all the other outlets. All I want you to do is come to RedDragonsRadio.com and listen. You can listen to Welcome to Banshee. You can listen to the Indie Sports Car Podcast. You can listen to my show. My show is Am I on the Air? It is a weekly podcast. We talk about all entertainment news, TV, movies, reviews. If you like entertainment stuff, you want to know what's going down in all the entertainment forums, definitely check out Am I on the Air? You can follow us on Twitter at Am I on the Air to always be in the know of everything that's going down in the world of TV and movies. You can follow me on Twitter at DXDonMega. Of course, follow Red Dragons Radio at Red Dragons Radio, because if you follow Red Dragons, you'll know always what's going down with all the podcasts, when new episodes drop of all of our individual stuff, uh, new episodes of Welcome to Banshee, everything, uh, you'll be in the know. It's a great hub for all kinds of podcasts. You can also subscribe to Welcome to Banshee on iTunes, so definitely get that if Apple's your way to go. And, um, you know, definitely appreciate the support bookmark reddragonsradio.com check out all the episodes uh, of everybody you can also check out uh, me on another show I do called Red Dragons Assemble which is another thing you can check out on reddragonsradio.com so there's a lot of entertainment base jump around spread some time if you love podcasts there's a lot of great stuff for you to check out so we are signing out here for Banshee in the month of January 2016 season 1 is in the books and we'll catch you in February for season two, my friends. Peace out. Oh.